Hi, this is David Key. At Quo, we've worked for the last 20 years with many of the world's best-known travel brands. During this unprecedented global crisis, our world of travel has changed, possibly irreversibly. This series will see us speak with many global leaders to understand how they see the future of travel. Okay, welcome Amanda Diachinski, Chief Brand and Marketing Officer at One Fine Stay. Uh, welcome to the latest episode of Quo's podcast series on the future of travel. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. Amanda, since launching, uh, since One Fine Stay launched in London in 2010, it's become a leader in the private home and villa rental industry. Um, tell me about the current situation with One Fine Stay right now. What's happening in the short term? Well, how have you reacted to the crisis in the short term? So we were really in a reactive phase and as a nimble company, we swiftly in- implemented a series of steps uh, immediately, you know, putting our safety and well-being of our homeowners and guests and team um, first. So setting new protocols for housekeeping, preparing our homes and moving staff to remote working. We introduced an exceptional cancellation policy um, for our homeowners and guests um, who couldn't travel due to the crisis we obviously handle a lot of cancellations uh, and, you know, we, as we don't have um, many guests in stay, we thought, you know, how could we help? And some of our homes are second homes. So instead of um, staying empty, we've offered them for free to NHS doctors and nurses. And right. as of today, we have 45 of them staying, staying with us. Oh, wow. That's great. And then looking to the medium and the longer term, what's your strategy going forward? How are you, how are you thinking about the future? So yes, people will be more hesitant uh, to book. So we've introduced the new flexible rate for our direct bookings in, in, our, in our city collection where guests can cancel for free up to seven days before their stay. Um, I do think it is important to um, engage and inspire all our audiences. So we continue to produce content. We're working with interior designers on um, travel inspiration. We're also using this time to educate our travel partners about our homes and, you know, with our homeowners, we've just uh, sent them uh, digital care packages. And these are exclusive offers from local artisan brands, um, including some of our homeowners, businesses um, themselves. Um, we are looking for those green shoots. So we're looking at our website interactions. Uh, you know, we're planning which destinations might return first. I mean, it's tricky for us. Um, you know, we're deciding when's the right time to put operations back into our cities, right, you know, right. because it doesn't make sense for, you know, one or two guests. And we're also looking very closely at um, uh, airline uh, timetables because we are dependent um, on international travelers. Of course, yeah. Um, you know, we have had a handful of new bookings this month to um, destinations such as Thailand, Costa Rica and New York and London. But obviously, they're just a fraction of what we'd expect for this time of year. And longer term, you know, I've, le- I've read a lot of travel industry reports, but I just think it's you know, too early to tell what shape you know, we'll all be in in the, in the next 12 months. You know, really for us, it's about, you know, having those good insights, you know, being dynamic, having, you know, clear leadership and staying true to our brand. I think these are the main qualities um, 
And, you know, just maybe that, you know, given where the economy is, that, you know, we might have, you know, some new homeowners who are looking for, you know, ways to raise um, additional income. And, you know, hopefully they'll think of partnering with us. We are a global business, so I think it, it does allow us to adapt to, you know, the destinations as they open up, probably in waves. Um, you know, we might see domestic US, so we have New York and LA, and we're looking potentially at um, ski destinations. So one kind of obviously um, now part of uh, the global hospitality giant Accor Hotels. What difference has it made to be part of Accor during this time? How has it helped you? So we're, you know, we're fortunate to be able to lean into a core sizable resources and talent. Um, and that really provides us with the time now to invest in strategic pro- projects so that we can come back stronger. Um, they, there's two initiatives that are worth mentioning. One is the, their Hartist Fund. So this is a fund to support staff in financial need during the crisis globally, and that includes our staff. Uh, and the other is a is a project to um, to um, come up with a global cleaning standard for hotels, but would also include us. And they have scientists advising, and the idea is to have um, the, these cleaning standards independently verified. So to reassure guests that you know we're not just creating the standards, but they are being independently verified. So Amanda, if we think about the travel industry, um, you know, it's been obviously hit uh, ext- extraordinarily hard by this crisis. Um, and not everyone's going to come through this. Not everyone's going to survive. What, how different do you think the industry as a whole is going to look um, as we come out of this crisis in what we're, what we're now calling kind of tomorrow's new normal? I mean, I really think that travel is a resilient industry. You know, I remember standing in British Airways headquarters and watching the TV as the second plane flew into the towers. You know, the industry adapted. You know, we had plastic cutlery, we had 100 mil bottles, we had to take our shoes off at the airport. I think we'll figure out um, what adaptations we need in order to travel again. The survivors, I think, are the, are the brands that can adapt and, t- and can maintain their brand integrity. Um, you know, we, how we make decisions and ha- how we communicate in, the, in these challenging times, I think, can build brand affinity. Um, and that's what people um, will remember. Right. And then sort of looking at the other side of the coin, if we think about the consumer, how will they travel differently? Um, will we see very different shifts in terms of behavioral patterns or will they just go back to normal in terms of their attitude and approaches towards travel? So I think travel has become more risky. Um, I think trusted brands um, have a role to reduce that risk, that perceived risk. Um, I mean, I study behavioral economics and I know that humans are not rational beings, um, but make their decisions with their emotions. And so it's going to be important how they feel about the risk um, of their travel decisions. I mean, we can't see the virus ourselves. So we'll make judgments based on the cleaning standards communicated by those hospitality providers and our belief that they would deliver on those promised standards. But, you know, I think that after some time has passed when hopefully the virus is not the current health threat that it is today, that cleanliness will probably drop back down in the guest um, buying needs. You know, maybe it will be higher than, than, it, than it was before, but probably not front of mind like it is today. And if we think about, obviously, the sector in which One Fine Stay operates in is, is the villa and the private rental market. Um, 
Compared to the traditional hotel industry, how do you think you will fare coming out of this crisis? I mean, everyone will probably gravitate towards brands they know and trust. But on the flip side, uh, private accommodation offers uh, the benefit of being more isolated potentially or being able to control the environment a little bit more carefully. Um, So what are your thoughts on that kind of balance and that shift going forwards? Um, the, I mean, the, the short-term rental market has been a growing segment of travel for some time. And, you know, we do think that, you know, given the conditions that people will um, be looking for, you know, private homes, more private homes and villas overall. Um, but I just, we just, I just don't think that just the privacy of the, of the home is enough. Um, you know, with the, I think, consumers are going to be looking for additional reassurances and that's around you know the home standards um, around you know the housekeeping standards um, potentially even externally certified Um, I think you know we've almost got had a head start because you know we we do a lot of this already and you know we are in a unique position because we um, control most of the variables so we have operations in our cities and that means that you know we know um, how the linen was cleaned we supply the linen we know how it's prepared how our housekeeping trains are, um, are trained um, there are amenities uh, and so you know, we we because we control that environment, uh, we are more able to implement um, global standards. But you know, of course, we'll continue to innovate and look at those you know consumer needs as they change. But yes, we all we already offer this very high standard um, right. that I think um, will will be will be more important. A lot of people think that maybe in the short term, at least, when we do start traveling again, people will travel less frequently, but maybe for longer stretches of time. And maybe their preference will be to travel with friends or family that they're, that they're close to. How, what is your take on that? And how would that benefit um, what you offer as a, as, as a service provider? Um, for sure, we were, you know, we're a good um, uh, proposition for for guests who want to stay longer. I mean, we've always been a good choice for families, um, big and small, who are looking for for more space. And I think this will definitely grow. Um, We have um, been um, monitoring and seeing a trend in the rise of multi-generational trips. And I think, you know, if you haven't seen your grandparents or your mother or father, um, then, you know, now's a good time to to take those types of um, trips. And, I, you know, hopefully we will benefit from that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then obviously One Fine Stay operates very much in the, the luxury segment. Um, how do you think the luxury segment will fare? Do you think the demand will still be there uh, when, when we travel again? Um, obviously, economically, many people around the world are going to take a hard hit from this crisis, have financial difficulties. Um, but perhaps there is some hope within the luxury segments that, that maybe there are less affected um, by the crisis financially and, and maybe have the ability to travel more easily. Um, what's your feelings on that? So one fine stay, you know, operates at the luxury end of the private um, rental market. Um, and I think we might see an uplift from guests choosing um, um, us because we can offer, you know, that privacy. We can also support that with, you know, highly personalized services that, you know, guests expect at this level. So we help guests, you know, organize, you know, a chef, you know, more regular housekeeping, 
um, nanny service, you know, we can order a gym and stay. So there's lots of things that we can um, offer that, you know, would really appeal to the, the luxury segment. Um, I think that um, with regards to, um, you know, the, the luxury segment, that, you know, a lot of you know, a lot of our travellers, you know, the, the well-travelled, they, they don't see travel as a luxury. It's such an integral part of their life. Mm. Um, and I think they, these are, you know, people who um, will, will miss travel the most because mm. it's such an integral part of, part of their life. Right, so hopefully, absolutely. you know, they, they will be, more, you know, hopefully some of the first to, to return because it's just part of, their, part of their lifestyle. Right, absolutely, yeah. And when they do start traveling again, what kind of experiences do you think they'll be craving? What will they be looking for? I mean, first, I think they'll um, appreciate it a lot more. I think it would take longer to plan, uh, you know, a getaway, not only because you want the best experience, um, but also I think those little details will matter more. Um, and, you know, you're going to have to understand which destinations are open or not. You're going to have to understand people's cancellation policies. You might have a preference now for traveling outside of peak. You're going to be checking cleaning protocols. You know, it sounds exhausting. Yes, yeah. um, and I think that travel companies like us that, you know, help take away that complexity will do well. Right. right. In, in the midterm. And um, I think that, you know, luxury, you know, le- luxury is freedom to enjoy life, you know, simple pleasures such as travel. I think we'll be looking to do so with just an added, you know, peace of mind. Yeah, we've all, we've all missed it, right? <laughs> um, and looking to the future, do you feel that One Fine Day will need to adjust or rethink or pivot its strategies going forwards? Or will it just be back to business as usual once, once travel does open up? So I think our, our fundamental um, proposition won't, won't change. In fact, I think what we offer um, will become more attractive. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's really about um, understanding these waves of when destinations will be opening up and, you know, we'll hopefully resume our operations as those destinations come back online. But no, I don't think... What, what we're doing it will be fundamentally different, but we'll ad- adapt um, probably to those destinations. Right, right. Okay, Amanda Diaginski, Chief Brand and Marketing Officer at One Fine Day. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you for joining us on our podcast series, The Future of Travel. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine.